Damn, son, where'd you find this? You are now tuning into Bros Let's Talk. This is Bros Let's Talk, the podcast where guys come to be dudes. I'm Pat, here with Jimmy and Andy. How's it going, guys? What's up, bros? Peachy. Not a lot. So, we're recording a little bit earlier than normal today to uh, for some family reasons, but we're not going to be able to talk football, so I figure before we jump in and, and shoot the shit like we normally do, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, debut the new Bears song right away. And just a little preface on this one. I recorded this song before last week's game, which will have been against the Vikings on Monday night game was played. And the words to this song could not have applied more perfectly to that game. So I'm a bit of a psychic as well as a rapper now. So without further ado, welcome to Chicago. Yeah. Welcome to Chicago, Bears and Packers are on Don't bother watching, man, the outfit's pretty much already predetermined A long downfield throw, they stopped it Flag on the field, though, on the Bears for show So stupid, so frustrating, I know Now it's first and goal, the defense has to play mistake free If they want to be taken seriously in the NFC It's not just the team, the problem starts organizationally And for things to change, they need an owner not named McCaskey It's just getting mean, five years since they've been a winning team No playoff appearances since everyone called Cutler a queen He hurt his knee and it all fell apart That loss is one that still weighs on my heart can you just get some better players? I'm done with prayers. Nothing God could even do would probably fix the Bears. Lance Briggs, Brian Erlacher, those days are gone. Now we gotta watch their defense get torched all day long. They always seem to lose focus. It's hard not to notice. They go and try and strip the ball. Grab the face mask and the ref is quick to make the call. They're racking them up. Tons of penalties on the Bears, man. They stacking them up. In fact, man, I give up. This team really sucks. We lose by 22. Mitch, now you're up. Don't know what to say. I guess good luck. Even if you're good, we'll probably suck. Sick of being the team that NFC North beats up on. Yo, 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 yo. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Chicago where the Bears play And they lose on that field like every Sunday They stink, teams think the game's already over It's hard watching these games completely sober Welcome to Chicago where the Bears play And they lose on that field like every Sunday They stink, teams think the game's already over It's hard watching these games completely sober Round up Sick of waiting, Bears. It's been almost 10 years since you've been in the playoffs. Get it together. All right. So that was Welcome to Chicago by Riled Up featuring Sump Pump. As uh, we're getting some background noise from Jimmy Sump Pump working hard over there to keep water out of his recording studio in his basement. But yeah, so uh, there's a lot to talk about today. And we got a bunch of segments. So we're going to jump Right into it. Time to shoot the shit, dudes. All right, so we're going to lead with playoff baseball. It's becoming a staple on our show because it continues to be ridiculously exciting. 
We are to the league championship series now, which in the AL is the Houston Astros versus the Yankees. And in the NL, it is the LA Dodgers versus the Chicago Cubs. Houston leads the AL series 2-0 after um, two 2-1 victories. So two tough-fought victories, a lot of good pitching going on. And the Dodgers took game one of the NLCS uh, five to two, I think was the final yes, score. Five, yep. So two pretty good series. It looks like it's going to be, what are your guys thoughts so far? I, so being a White Sox fan, just it's, I'm not actively rooting against the Cubs, but I certainly don't want to see them win again. Um, Can't say I blame so, you. Yeah. I, I'm just, once you got one, okay, now sit back and stop acting like you deserve the next five. But that's just neither well, we here do, nor there. But that's, you're right, neither here nor there. Right. Anyway, um, last night's game, I mean, sc- score score aside, I thought that was a lot closer of a game than 5-2 to two showed. Agreed. Um, I was very shocked that the Dodgers pulled Kershaw so early. So um, was I. Very surprised. He didn't look like he had all of his normal stuff, but again, I guess that's what you can expect from playoff Kershaw. Um, But still, to pull him in the fifth with a, I think he had a one-run lead at the time. Yeah, they had just scored scored to take the lead, and it was going into the top of the sixth. So they could have thrown him out there. They had a one-run lead and thrown him out there to bat, but instead they ended up pinch-hitting him, and the Cubs didn't score another run the rest of the game. So I guess, I mean, they know what they're doing. Obviously, that's why they're getting paid the big bucks. But um, we had the controversial play-at-the-plate call. I believe that was in the 7th or 8th. Yeah, Um, and it it was, I guess, Controversial is, is the word that you use uh, according to the it's, letter it's of the, the right law. Call, though, right? it, it's it's yeah. the right call. It's just an insanely stupid rule, right? That has really no business even being in baseball. But if you're going by the the letter of the law, which the Cubs benefited from Thursday when they uh, picked off, I forget who it was at first base. So you can't be too upset. It benefits you one day, it doesn't another. Stupid rule, yes, but that is the rule, so you just have to go with it. That's exactly what I was going to say, is it's starting to, if you eliminate that human element of umps having to make calls right there and then going to video replay, you're going to have instances like this. And this was a case of not only did they have to go to replay to look at this, but then also you have the the normal play at the plate rule where Contreras stuck his leg out and blocked the plate. So it was kind of a perfect storm of working against the Cubs on that play. Right. Um, they had it coming. They had, they got lucky on that pickoff call in game what, five yeah, against the Nationals. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we were just saying. So it, it gives and it takes, and obviously Cubs fans are going to be upset about this one because it's in the now. Right. Um, right call, out. stupid rule. Exactly, yeah. So that, I mean, that series I've, I think is going to go the distance um, once you start getting to the Cubs – ones and twos um you get lester up there probably go out there and throw another gem like he does in the playoffs all the time so that one's fun the yankees astros i mean great again series. not are not score indicative but yeah absolutely um well, it's been all pitching in that series right. i mean keichel went seven innings 10 k's no runs one walk 
Verlander goes nine innings, 13 Ks, one run, one walk. So, I mean, and tied for the most strikes in playoff history. Yeah, 93 strikes. strikes. And, you know, the Yankees, Sanchez and Judge are combined one for 14 with eight Ks in this series. They they were both 0 for 4 yesterday with two strikeouts. Yep. And okay, how ridiculous is it that Aaron Judge six seven can't rob that home run in right field that goes literally right over the wall? Dude, same thing yesterday with with Schwarber when uh, I think it was Puig hit the home run. It's like he runs. Yeah, but we know Schwarber's a shitty outfielder. Yeah, I mean Aaron Judge just, just based just based on his height and how short that he was literally almost as tall as the right field fence. Right. No, you're right. You saw Josh Reddick rob a home run like two or three innings earlier in that game. It's so it's so weird and then how that stuff happens. Everyone they kept showing that that fan, the kid who like, you know, put his glove out and completely dropped the ball like a dumbass. Idiot. They keep showing him like, Oh, that kid's never gonna forget this day. Yeah, the day that he was shown on national TV just beefing a ball that came right to him. You bring your mitt to a baseball game and it gets hit to you, you better catch that fucking ball. That's all I'm saying. Well said. That kid's gonna have to live with that for the rest of his life. You get your ass out there and you find <laughs> that fucking dog. <laughs> right. You catch that fucking ball. But the Cubs series, I think the Cubs pitching, their bullpen has been a disaster. That's Complete been dog shit. The, when you look at it, the fact that they're still alive in the playoffs is kind of surprising based on, one, how bad their bullpen has been, and two, how bad their offense has been. But their, I mean, but their again, yesterday has been so dominant. That, right. And they only had four hits yesterday. Right. Well, you, um, you think, too, that even in the National Series, they had to go to Leicester in order to get out of one of their games, like yeah. right. you got to you got to think that they're going to pull Lackey out there at some point and throw him in for a bullpen session just for. Well, he he came in at the end of last night's game, and honestly, from from a Cubs fan's perspective, yesterday I wanted the Cubs to go Quintana and Lackey their game to win or lose. Doesn't matter if they're getting shelled because you need to rest their starters, you need to rest our bullpen. I'm not saying concede game one. But you have to go out there prepare and, and prepare for this series, like you said, and to go the distance. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I That game actually went better than I expected, given that they didn't get out of um, D.C. till like 2 a.m. their time. Then they were delayed, and then they didn't get to L.A. till like noon. Uh, yeah, LA it sounds time. like a bunch of excuses. Yeah, well, at least we're still playing. So, how your socks doing? It's true. Oh, yeah. They're still rebuilding. Yeah. That's cool. They're still rebuilding. Three straight NLCSs right. for the Cubs. No big deal. Neither Sorry. here nor there. You're right. Sorry. That luck's going to dry up eventually. <laughs> I'm just saying, all right? Just no, sounds I, like a bunch of excuses. In, in all honesty, maybe, just... maybe Q's wife should have held it together on that plane and they didn't have to divert to Oh, is, is that who it was? I didn't hear. Yeah. What happened? His wife, Michelle. Uh, they didn't disclose what the information was, but they said that that was the reason that they had to divert to New Mexico. Oh, I, I've been looking for that, and I couldn't find anything on it. That's interesting. And then, and then I think, the uh, pilots I just ran think when hours. you look at it, though, for the Cubs, I know Kershaw it hasn't been great in the playoffs for his career, but he's been better the last few years. And obviously, as a whole, he's one of the best pitchers ever. Right. And for them to get to him early and then kind of squander that opportunity, I just feel like... You know, they still got a good chance, but it would have been huge to win that one, considering, again, they only ended up with four hits. Agreed. Oh, yeah. But they got, they got, they got to Kershaw. You know, they were, they were putting some good swings on it. His command was a little off. They mentioned maybe 
that the seven days rest, sometimes that gets guys out of their rather regular rhythm where they've had too much rest and they kind of lose their command a little bit. But I thought that Q pitched pretty well too until that one inning. And it's just crazy in the playoffs too how short of a leash everyone is on. When when the Dodgers tied that up at two and then they took Kershaw out to pinch hit, I thought maybe, you know, getting him back in that game might rejuvenate him a little bit more. But, you know, both these managers are good at their jobs. And yeah. I know that Madden's been questioned for how he's managing his bullpen, but it's like he literally has one guy in his bullpen yep, that Wade he Davis, feels comfortable going to. So it's kind of hard to manage the bullpen when you don't trust anybody that's out there. Couldn't agree more. And before we move on, I just want to take a second to mention how awesome Jose Altuve is. I mean, that so guy, awesome. for I as small as he is, he's, he's like so much fun to watch. He's, he's five for eight in that series, all singles, but he's got a stolen base and two out of the four runs scored for the Astros. He scored from first on that double yesterday to end the game. Chapman sucks like, still since last year. Madden ruined him. He's, yes, he's he did. done now. But, and, and then they got um, rid but of yeah, him. El, Altuve is just, I mean, I know that Mike Trout's been the best player in baseball for the last few years, and he's had his injury issues, and... I never thought anyone would even come close to that level of skill, but you watch Altuve, man. He can do everything. Yeah, he's and kicking ass. Just him being as small as he is makes it so much more exciting for some reason. Agreed. All right, uh, moving off of baseball, um, this is kind of a weird little topic, um, and it sprung on me um, the Thursday night game. Was against Carol uh, football game was against the Carolina Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles, and there was that viral video of the seemingly drunk ass fan in the stands that just completely out of nowhere punched this old guy right in the face like four times, and right. Luckily, I mean the guy got arrested. They ended up posting his mugshot everywhere. That guy will probably lose his job and everything like that. Um, but it's just kind of a weird little dynamic where you have you have all these stories about drunk-ass fans getting into fights in stadiums and things like that. But then on the other hand, you've got 99% of the rest of the fans that just like to go and have a really good time at games. If you eliminate like all the drinking and everything like that, you seemingly lose things like the Bills Mafia, which is so much fun to watch. Um but then there's always stories. It seems like every game where there's just stupid ass fans that just can't hold their shit together, can't handle a little shit talking out in the stands and just freak the fuck out and try and get in fights. I just think it's so fucking stupid. Well, and the stupid thing about it is most of the time they're fans of the same team getting yeah. in fights. Right. Yeah. You'll That's see skirmishes between like opposing fans. But in this case, I'm pretty sure both of those guys were Panthers fans. Yep. And he just, the old guy, so supposedly the story was that that couple was just standing the whole time, which, let's be honest, if you go to a sporting event, you kind of have to expect that you're going to have to stand a good portion of the time. I remember I went to a Bulls game last year, and I was like standing up, and this girl kept just throwing out these comments. I wasn't standing the whole game, and just like when stuff would happen, I would stand. And she said a couple things, and I finally turned around, I'm like... We're at a sporting event. It's exciting. I actually am a fan of this team, so I'm going to stand up when something happens that I like. I wasn't a dick. I didn't punch her boyfriend in the face or anything, but you kind of have to expect that. To punch an old dude like that, just knowing that 
in this day and age, everyone has a camera at all times. It was just, I don't know. It was That's embarrassing. Smart. Yeah. And then I, did you guys see that um, yesterday, apparently at the Cubs-Dodgers game, Mia Khalifa got kicked out of the game because <laughs> some fan came up to her and tried to take a selfie and she punched him in the face? Really? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. She's such an idiot. So I, I hate her. She's so annoying. Did you guys see she's getting her own sports talk show with Gilbert Arenas? No, what? really? For for like for complex oh my whatever God. that is. So last week there was picture came out that she sent Gilbert Arenas a DM and you know Gilbert Arenas is ridiculous on social media and savage and just calls people out. So he posted this picture on his Instagram with her like DMing him and him just not responding and just calling her thirsty and stuff and everyone, you know, it was this whole big thing and it turned out to just be this publicity stunt to promote their new show that they have coming out where they talk about sports. Oh my god. That's I feel like she is like the fakest sports fan ever. She gets roasted on social media too for it. Yeah. She so always funny. gets roasted. She's always throwing guys DMs out that they're sending her. Oh, are you surprised that you get a lot of DMs when you literally built your entire career and living on sucking dicks? Right. It's a, like of course these athletes are gonna like what? Because they're both from Washington. No, no chill, Gill, as his uh, Instagram name is. But I think it's just because she's a huge like Wizards, Capitals, Nationals fan. So, so it must be like a DC based show, yeah. I guess. But that sounds awful, and hopefully that won't last very long. Yeah, I didn't have much more about the fans fighting. I just think it's a weird dynamic. Well, me and Jimmy have been in enemy territory before. Yes, we were when our Kaepernick's team was getting smoked. Party. Yeah, Kaepernick's first game as starter, Bears, Niners. It was the last season at Candlestick too, I think. Which is a shit. And we had Jason Campbell like. starting. We're like, oh, we got this. Kaepernick sucks. Alden and we Smith got smoked. had like fourteen sacks in the first quarter. It was ridiculous. Right, and we like people were yelling stuff at us just for wearing Bears gear. We weren't even doing anything. I was. I was hammered, but I didn't punch anyone in the face. I no. did lose my Oakleys, so that sucked. Yeah, that did See, that's suck. See, that's the thing. Like, if, some you're, nice if you're in enemy territory, you have to just kind of embrace it. And if right. you say something, like, funny back, most people appreciate that. And they're like, all right, like, at least this guy can take it. And, like, you either sit there and don't say a fucking word, or you have to kind of embrace it and just be the, be the asshole in the stadium. Like funny asshole not like agree yeah like you just have to sit there take it and move on back. right yeah who gives a shit there's enemy there's enemy fans in every single stadium you're never gonna have a hundred percent sellout of home crowd so it's could dumb. not agree more all right gents starting on i believe tuesday we have nba tip-off um the season is starting Crazy. a little bit earlier than normal it doesn't usually start till around halloween um, but I believe they shortened the preseason and are elongating the regular season in an attempt to um, have less back-to-back games, less three games in four nights or four games in five nights. Um, and the main goal is to obviously stop the star players from resting on uh, primetime games. But I'm really excited for the NBA to be back. Um, I know that we finally agree on a Chicago sports team, and that's the Bulls, uh, the three of us. Um, and they're not going to be good, but I'm excited for Markinen. I'm excited for when Zach Levine gets back. 
Um, I'm starting to worry a little bit about Chris Dunn. I know he's injured now. He hasn't he hasn't looked great. He wasn't great last year. I'm hoping you know he's still young and and uh, he has a chance to improve. But I'm just excited overall. the The West is obviously stacked. Um, Draymond Green's been running his mouth already about how there's no competition in the NBA for them, and and I I don't think that's true. I think now you have a lot of teams in the West that are going to give them you know their best effort every single night the east is seemingly a cakewalk it's going to be boston and cleveland one two i'm not sure which you know which is which but i'm assuming they'll meet up again in the finals but i'm excited to see to see a team like milwaukee and see how Giannis does this year and see how minnesota does and um i, I don't know I'm just, I'm just excited for the nba to be back what uh how do you guys feel about it I'm excited to watch this Bulls team just implode and them get a yeah. lottery pick. Or just not implode, but be like good enough to not get a lottery pick. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what's going to end up happening, is they're going right. to squeak into the eighth seed yeah. and, and not get a lottery pick. Up, like and always. this whole fucking rebuild is going to be for naught. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll probably be they'll probably sit in like the seventh or eighth spot, and Garpax will probably make a trade for somebody to try and boost them into the sixth spot. And They'll trade for, like, Dwight Howard. Something yeah, stupid yeah, that'll I just like that. screw up our whole team. Yeah. Um, like you said, Jim, the the West is going to be so fun to watch. Um, just you got the, the Rockets now with Harden and Chris Paul. You got, obviously, the Thunder with Carmelo added to the mix of Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I am... Very intrigued to see Me too. how that offense runs. Um, you got to figure that Russell Westbrook is not going to be putting up the triple-double numbers that he did last year. Yeah, that was Nor out of necessity last year. Yeah. Now he actually has some help. Um, and then obviously you got Golden State just sitting there, and they're going to probably still run train through the West, but at least you've got some hurdles for them in the playoffs where they're not going to sweep uh through the playoffs like they have been you hope a team like houston or okc at least gives them a little bit of a fight so it's not a cakewalk until the championship well even a team like uh minnesota i mean we've seen them we've seen uh golden state struggle guarding big men and having you know trouble rebounding so who was gonna guard carl anthony towns you know he just that guy just keeps improving year after year i think they added to jamal crawford and um well, yeah, obviously Jimmy Butler and one other guy. I can't I can't think of it, but yeah, the the West is going to be so exciting. I cannot wait. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for basketball just because I think it's exciting to watch. But again, I think the NBA has the same problem where the inevitability of the Golden State Warriors and the Cavs for the fourth year in a row is probably what we're going to end up with. Just because, like you said, there's there's some hurdles now in the West, but I really don't see any of those teams being able to beat Golden State in a seven-game series. I think just them adding Durant into the mix makes them so hard to beat because before they were already hard to beat the way they stretched the floor. And now you have arguably the best offensive player in the NBA in Durant just because of his size and his length and his you know ability to handle the ball the way he does for his size. He's just such a matchup disaster. And his defense has improved a lot. Big time. 
And then in the East, it's like you look at it, yeah, Boston will probably be there. But at the end of the day, it definitely feels like Cleveland is the one who made out better after that trade. Yeah. Once Isaiah Thomas so, yeah, is able to come back say, healthy. As long as IT comes back, fine. And if anything, that makes it more exciting for the finals this year because they have a guy like Jay Crowder now who is going to be selfless and come in and just play really hard defense on either Clay or Steph even, whoever they need him to. They have two units that are going to be able to score the ball pretty right. well. You know, they got Derrick Rose and D Wade now and, too. And if, so if, if Derek can stay healthy, he's looked pretty good in the preseason. Right. So, and, and I've been hearing a lot hair. that, he, yeah, I don't know. Oh what my happened gosh, it's so that. terrible. But <laughs> from all accounts, they're saying that he's coming in with a really selfless attitude and he's not, he knows he's not a superstar on this team. He really wants to win a championship, which is why he went there. So, and he also knows. I don't that know. It should be exciting, if, though. If still, if he plays really well, they have to pay him double next year, double his two million dollars <laughs> salary. True. This well, this year. is the first so. time that since he left the Bulls, pretty much, that he wasn't talking about his next contract. He was actually just talking about the season ahead. So, right. I, I mean, I still like Derek. I Me would too. like. For I would love to, to see succeed. Him win a I don't. I don't. It's kind of sucks that it's on the Cavs though, because I. Right. You know, I just am in, ingrained to watch. Le- to hope LeBron fails, that's just, it's ingrained in me. I just can't help it. So did you hear that supposedly he did make a recruiting video in 2010 to send yeah, to Bosch? I did hear Wade that, and, yeah. And, and he said it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't up to him to make that public. So kind of throwing the Bulls front office again. All right, but here's, here's what I imagine, though, okay? Stupid. So, so John Paxson probably gets this video from Derrick Rose. Like, all right, you can send this out to the recruits. And it's probably just Derrick Rose, like, so guys, Derrick Rose, you know, if you guys want to come here and play, that's cool. I just want to win. All right. Like, I can't imagine Derrick Rose putting something together on video that would entice anybody to come play basketball with him, other than just his highlight reel. If it's just him talking, then there's no chance anyone's coming to play with Derrick Rose. I like to imagine that video just with a bunch of super shitty effects in the background. Like... (laughs) Like Almost explosions. like like Batman and Robin, he's just like, like sitting, a big bam. <laughs> he's just sitting in front of a green screen. There's just right. like explosions <laughs> going off in the background. Be like, all right, like let's have him hanging over a cliff or something. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's the end of it. Made on an iPhone. That's. But yeah, I don't know. I just Derek just isn't good with words. Which is okay. Seriously, which is fine. That's which is fine, and that's probably why he didn't want to do that. But. Right. Yeah, they should have just sent out clips of his highlights, but like, Dragic, wouldn't you want to come play doing? with these guys? That, that's all they needed to send. Or what right? are you doing, Dragic? <laughs> so, it should be exciting NBA season. There's a lot of good storylines at very least, and yeah. a lot of new faces and new teams. So, it's always kind of cool to see how guys, uh, how they play in their new settings and things like that. So, there's a lot of good stories, at least for the beginning of the season, to get you excited. Ultimately, until it just comes down to the Cavs and Warriors again. But I was thinking, too, before we move on, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, obviously, last year we saw the Penguins repeat as Stanley Cup champions. We have the Cubs still alive in baseball in the NLCS with you know a chance to go back and defend their World Series title. There's a good chance that the Warriors could win their second straight title. And there's still a lot of football left, but the Patriots are always a threat yeah, at the end of the season. They're never out of it. Can you guys ever like remember a time where all four sports had kind of a handful of contenders that 
could repeat on any given. I know like the eighties, the Celtics won a ton and like the, right. the Islanders and the Oilers and stuff won. So, but I feel like sports have become so much more competitive in the last 20, 25 years that honestly it, it's a long shot for it to happen, but there's a legitimate chance we could see repeat champions across all four sports within the same like two calendar years. That would be pretty crazy. I, I can't off the top of my head remember anything similar to that happening. It's it's so different for Honestly, I think the most impressive is the Penguins going Yeah, back I to think back. so too. Just because that salary cap is so Sid's hard. such a bitch, I know it is pretty impressive. Yeah, that too. Um, the salary cap is so difficult to manage in hockey that, and that's the reason why they keep it so low. Not only because they don't generate as much revenue as the NBA or baseball or anything like that, they do it to keep that league competitive. So that that is the most impressive. And then the Cubs obviously went and did their whole rebuild, so they're going to be built to win for the next four or five years. Seemingly, you're going to always have talent at the top in the NBA. Um, and then what am I missing? Oh, the Patriots. Yeah, the yeah. Patriots are always the Patriots, there. So, right. yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about it yesterday. I thought it was kind of crazy. But we'll see. There's still, you know, a lot of sports left to be played. So, all right. So, moving on to uh, our last topic before segments. And we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. It's pretty, pretty heavy topic. But the big news the past week has been the story that's unfolded with Hollywood movie producer Harvey Weinstein, who is better known for, uh, he started the Weinstein Company and he worked for Miramar Pictures. He's one of the most well-recognized and known uh, movie producers. His films have won, I think, six best pictures at the Oscar. So he's definitely a big player when it comes to Hollywood. They had his character played by someone else on Entourage. Yeah, I I remember that. I was talking to Alyssa about that, about um, how they had him portrayed in Entourage, just like this insane dickhead. Name was literally Harvey, too. Yeah, his name was Harvey. But it it was was in the news the past week because... What's up? It was Harvey Weinstein in the show. That was... Oh, that was his actual name? I couldn't remember no, if they used his last name or not. It wasn't Weinstein. It was Josh sure? Weinstein. There was Josh Harvey. Weinstein, yeah, and then, and then there was Harvey. Harvey. It was just he had another it was a different last name, name, but it yeah. was supposed oh, to be Harvey okay. Weinstein. You're right. You're right. But Josh anyways, Weinstein. he was in the news because there's been a lot of uh, actresses who have come forward and alleged um, sexual harassment, which I say alleged because it's still in the early stages but it's pretty clear that they're all telling the truth it happened uh just a lot of different stories of of really creepy things kind of just pulling his his dick out and all like similar jerking off off in a plant like just the weirdest stuff and asking girls to watch him take a shower and give him a massage like what a fucking just really weird but um we don't want to focus too much on the details just because like we said it's a really heavy topic but i think we just kind of wanted to bring it up because it it brings up an over or a bigger issue within Hollywood that these these people all abuse their power. People in those positions, it happens a lot more than, than we think. And there's a lot of people coming forward now with stories because, you know, these producers and executives, they hold the key to these people's career. 
and they can make or break their career. So for them, it thinks that they can just do whatever they want, and these people will be complicit in doing that to to further their career. And it's just it's it's enabled because I was reading that you know he's had a lot of settlements in the past, but he'll yep. never like admit guilt. He'll just do it to avoid the press for the company and things. So it, it's kind of a thing that's well known across Hollywood, but no one really does anything about it. And and if anything, this is a good thing that all these stuff is finally coming to the light because you can try and kind of uh, get rid of those people within the industry. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on it? And you attack it with volume too. like Exactly. Yeah. You you go after everyone. Absolutely. You don't let anyone. You know, this is a guy, like I said, is a big player. He, he was removed from the academy, mm-hmm. which obviously are the people who, you know, vote on the Oscars and things like that. So they want to make an example of him, rightfully so. But yeah, I think you're right, Andy. It's got to be a full-on attack. You got to try and take everyone out who who does this kind of stuff. Did you guys see um, uh, Terry Crews tweeted the other day how something like this happened to him? He was at some thing with his wife, and he didn't name the executive, but some guy just comes up to him and grabs his balls, like he's there with his wife, just hanging out, and just walks up to him and grabs him. Somebody else too, uh, James Vanderbeek. And that's like out, Terry Crews is like six four, two fifty. The guy's <laughs> right, just a a tank, but it doesn't matter because these people right because if he beats can, that guy's ass, then, right. then he's like, you'll then, never see a movie in Hollywood again. Exactly, which is pretty much what he said. T- right, and it's that's disgusting. It's crazy that that this is how that industry has been built. I read a story that Shirley Temple, the famed you know child actress from I don't even know like seventy plus years ago, maybe she talked about how. She had a uh, a meeting with an executive when she was like 11 years old and asked her some questions and then just pulled his dick out. And she's 11 years old. She'd never seen one before. And she said she kind of just nervously laughed and the guy like screamed at her and, and kicked her out. So this stuff has been going on for that, that is forever, insane. for decades, absolutely 11 insane. years old. So this is like... These, these things have been going on for a long time, and this is way overdue for something like this to come out to finally put the pressure on these people and make them realize that they're fucking weirdos. It doesn't matter how much power they have. Right. You're a fucking predator. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's a really good term. You are a predator. There's something wrong with you if you're doing that. First of all, to anybody, especially to, to children, that's just that's disgusting. The fucked up thing, I think, is that there's been rumors coming out that this is just kind of well known in Hollywood too. That yes, especially about Harvey, that, that right, he right. just does this. And there's people coming out and saying that like they can't believe that this stuff is coming out about him. They've never had any run-ins or anything like that. But on the other side, it seems like the majority of people are coming out and saying that yeah, this happens in Hollywood all the time. It has for the longest time. It's just like kind of in its own bubble where things the, don't. The uh, casting couch. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked. Essentially, that's where that idea must have came from. Yeah, that's Harvey Weinstein original. So it's it was actually in his uh, before we go on his the contract he just signed in 2015 saying that he cannot be fired for any kind of sexual misconduct as long as he pays the company back after they pay off the person. Like that's in his contract because they knew what kind of a shithead he is. Jeez. I know. They've been covering it up for years. years. And something like that is just ridiculous because it's uh so 
I don't know. It's just it's ridiculous. And then, of course, when he gets caught, it's, oh, I have a problem. I'm going to go to rehab and get help. No, fuck you. You're only going now because you got caught, you asshole. What you probably deserve is to just die. Definitely. Um, it's hard. I mean, it sounds harsh, but it's it's definitely true. Or at least spend some time in jail and see how the other end of it feels. Yeah, exactly. Not to be a dick, but, you know, he's a dick, so he deserves it. Yes, I could not agree with you more. Your mom goes to college. All right. Um, diving in, uh, like Pat mentioned earlier, we're filming a, or taping a little bit early today. Um, so we are going to address college football this week instead of the NFL. Um, so, Jimmy, why don't you kick us off? Okay, so I'm sure you guys remember this too, but when we were younger, probably we would still watch college football, but probably didn't understand it like we do now. And Miami was the real deal. I mean, there are so many guys in the NFL now that when you look back and you're like, holy shit, all these guys were on Miami at the same time. Dude, like right? It was, it was pretty ridiculous. Crazy. So then they got in a bunch of trouble for, you know, providing recruits with strippers and hookers and drugs and money and it's still seventh, probably going on there hmm, seem yeah oh, seems, seems like a lot's changed in college sports since then. yeah right exactly so it's so like they, those things don't even happen anymore <laughs> they were hit with some penalties they were uh irrelevant for a while but they're seemingly um on the uprise and uh andy i don't want to i don't want to get into uh to your topic too much but we saw a couple of top 10 teams struggle this past weekend and uh miami was at i think they were ranked number 11 so they'll be a top 10 probably a single digit ranked team by today or tomorrow um but i i just i don't think they're they're the real deal yet they kind of remind me of uh i think it was a 2003 chicago bears team i I could be wrong with the years where they went 13 and 3 but they had you know lost to the panthers first round uh yes or no i think it was the eagles was it the Eagles? Yeah. Um, remember that was they, a different had, Bears like, team that had, gave false hope then, I guess. They had uh, back-to-back picks and overtime to, to win their games, and their defense was great. But Jim Oh, Miller yeah, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, I'm pretty so sure. we, should, we got our asses kicked the first round of the playoffs. And um, the last two weeks, Miami has been down in the final minutes to unranked teams. I know Florida State was number two at the beginning of the year, but once Francois got hurt, they haven't been the same. Georgia Tech isn't anything special, and they had they had to have a little bit of luck, uh, a little bit of ballsy play calling to, to win those two games. And while I do think they will be good again, like next year or the year after, um, I think I I don't think they are as good as their record or their rankings show. So it's it's cool that they're good for college football, but I think they're going to come back down to earth in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, you kind of see teams like this every year. I think Tennessee was a team last year that was kind of the same way, where they were pretty high ranked early in the season. They were pulling out a lot of these tight, tight victories at the end of games. And they were, I think they started off like 6-0 and last year, and then they ended up losing like three games down the stretch. So they kind of showed their true colors. I do think that Miami is on the up and up. 
Yes, Mark agreed. Richt has come in from Georgia and done a pretty good job turning good turn job. around and kind of instilling that Miami culture back. We talked about the turnover chain earlier. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago on this, where they they got the big gold U chain, so they're instilling that mentality kind of back because that is back when they were dominant. They were dominating college football, but I do think you're right that this year I don't think that they are really a contender. You talk, though, they play Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a team every year who gives people fits, and they always have a win every year. They have a win against, because they're in a good conference in the ACC, and they always have a win every year against one of the better teams. They run that option offense, and they're they're a tough team to beat. But I I think you're right. I, I don't know if Miami has what it takes, but at the end of the day, you never really know what's going to happen week to week, which That's brings me into, into my topic for this week, which is Clemson, the number two team in the country, defending national champion, lost on Friday night to Syracuse. I believe it was 27-24 to 24 at Syracuse, uh, who is a team who lost to Middle Tennessee State earlier this year. They paid about $900,000, I think, to lose to Middle Tennessee State. So... That's a tough one to swallow if you're Clemson, especially they had high hopes to go back to the playoff. And, I, you know, it, it's a really bad loss for them. I still think it is early enough in the year for where they can make a comeback because they are in a tough ACC conference. But they lost uh, court, quarterback Kelly Bryant, who's been filling in for since Deshaun Watson went to the NFL. He got hurt in this game. They weren't really playing that well even before he got hurt. But they ultimately end up losing. And... It's just It just shows you how crazy college football is for a team that has been as dominant as Clemson has been this year. There's some people that had even had them above Alabama as the best team this year, and then they come out and they put up a stinker like this. So I just think that proves, too, that Alabama really is, is the, the best team. Deal, yeah. They never have, you know, they rarely ever have games like this. The games that they do lose are usually like rivalry games right. or in their conference where it's a tough game on the road. You know, this was this is on the road at Syracuse, but again, Syracuse is not really a great team and the way that Clemson's defensive line's been playing this year, it should have been a they they beat Syracuse fifty four to nothing last year in their game. So it's just crazy and that's what makes college football exciting though, because like you said, or like I said before, anything can happen week to week and these upsets happen more more often now than I feel like it used to. I don't know. Yeah, See, and, and we talked about that a, a couple weeks ago, um, that how the, the teams that are, are paying, the smaller teams, lost, I think, four or five games already this year. I mean, you're paying these teams to beat them, and they're coming in, making a million bucks off, and then they're beating you. So it's pretty exciting. I think this just furthers the argument that the playoffs should expand. Um, that's, a, that's a good point. Be, and... I guess that kind of goes both ways because with only four teams, that really makes you focus on every single week matters. But like you said, Pat, this stuff is becoming more and more common where the top teams are losing a game early in the year and then they basically have to just play their asses off to get into that playoff. But because of that, if you open it up to eight, you get Clemson back into the playoff picture. If it was eight, they'd be in there no problem as long as they win out the rest of the year. But now they're going to be fringe getting into that top four. And they're, I mean, they're clearly one of the top teams in the country 
if not still the second best. They just had a fluke game where they lost to Syracuse, and that shit happens. But now you're missing out on potentially a huge rematch game, Alabama versus Clemson, for what would that be, the third year in a row? Third year in a row, yep. Like, so that, that, that storyline would be fucking awesome. And, and Andy, you bring up a great point, but real quick, um, so let's just say uh, Notre Dame right now, they're 5-1, and one, and they're ranked 16. They have at U, or USC next week, who's 13, NC State the week after, who's 20, Wake Forest the week after that. Then they play Miami, who's number 11. Then Navy, who's ranked. Then Stanford, who's ranked. So if they run the table and they don't lose and they beat and the rest of their games are against all but one top 25 team, how do you not put them ahead of Clemson? Oh, absolutely. Right? That's, that's my point. I mean, right. and that's, and that's that, the yeah, story that, that, argument about when to. Boise was running the table and going whatever it was, 12-0, and 0, and they wanted to be considered for the national championship. With it being only four teams, I think you do have to put in a Notre Dame over a Clemson who lost to a far inferior opponent, no matter what their win resume is. And Notre Dame lost to Georgia, who is now ranked in the top right, four. Right. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, you're you're hundred percent correct in in your thinking there. So, eight. Well, I, think I mean, you look at last year though. You had a team like Ohio State. I think they ended up losing two games last year. They didn't even win the Big Ten, and they still end up in the playoffs. Right. So, sure. you know, it's not. You look at. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm pulling up Clemson's remaining schedule. That's, that's they the also why they have a committee now instead of the BCS too, because you you add that human factor. Where right. those, that committee thought that Ohio State was a better team than Penn State, even though Penn State won the Big Ten and true. They got rolled by That's fucking true. Clemson. But yes, see, I think I would love to see them do something to where it's like every conference winner gets a slot in the college football like playoff. Be- bid, like, oh, that's not uh, a yeah, bad idea. Just, I like be- that because then you know you earn that spot by winning your conference, and then everyone, every conference has a chance to be represented, and then anybody has a chance to win. Yeah, I true. just feel like that's the best way to do. Like you said, with four teams right now, there's just like. Clemson does have a chance to miss now. They they could win out, and if they win their conference and their championship, they have as good of a resume as anyway. It is a bad loss, but to see it, it would be upsetting, I guess, to have a team like that not in the playoff, just seeing how, how good they are when they play their best. Agreed. All right, uh, going on to my little mini topic for the week, and Jimmy and Pat both kind of alluded to this, but it was kind of a crazy week in college football. Um, we had a lot of rivalry games this week, and with that, we had a lot of teams that inched out wins, but also a lot of teams that lost. Um, just going down the list, uh, Pat already talked about Clemson, number two, Washington State, number eight, got blown out by Cal that same yeah, night. Yeah, that was, that was bad. Um, Texas 30, Tech, number 20. 37 to three, right? Yeah, it was a huge, huge loss for them. And Washington State puts up a shitload of points, too. So for them to put up only three was kind of crazy. Um, number 24, Texas Tech lost to West Virginia. Number 10, Auburn lost to LSU. Number 25, Navy lost to Memphis, unranked. Uh, number 19, San Diego State lost to Boise, who was unranked. And number 5, Washington, who has another crazy offense, lost to Arizona State. And I think they only scored 10 points in that game. And then the teams that inched out wins, number 17, Michigan, had to go to overtime against Indiana. 
had 16 penalties in that game, which set a school record for them. Um, 11 Miami, only one by one against Georgia Tech. We talked about that. Wisconsin only won by eight against Purdue at home. They're number seven. And USC only won by one against unranked Utah, and they're number 13. So it was like just a crazy weekend for teams losing and then teams barely getting by this week. It seemed like everybody just kind of needed to survive and move on to the next week. Um, I don't know if these were kind of trap games for a bunch of teams and they're looking on to some future matchups, but I don't remember a week like this where maybe, I mean, so three top 10, four top 10 teams lost. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, there were like four of the top six teams ended up getting bounced in one week, but just kind of a crazy weekend for college football. Yeah, I remember seeing, like, going into this week, too, I, I don't remember who it was. Someone on Twitter was talking about how the this slate of college football games this week sucked. And then <laughs> all of a sudden you see all these crazy upsets, tight games, like you said, happen. And, again, I think that's just the beauty of college football. Agreed. Because when you get to the NFL, everyone belongs there and everyone's getting paid to be there. In college, it's still kids – you know, 18, barely 18 through like 23, they're still young, they make mistakes, and anything can happen week to week, and that's what makes it exciting. You know, we talked about um, how Syracuse loses to Middle Tennessee State, but then beats Clemson, the number two team in the nation. LSU loses to Troy a couple weeks ago, but they come out and they beat number 10 Auburn. And I think Troy, I saw Troy, they lost to like Georgia State or something this past week. So this is a team that came in and beat a big program like LSU and then loses a conference right. game. They scored like eight points. So it's just crazy how how these type of things happen. And I love it. That's why I love college football because nothing's guaranteed, I guess at this point, except Alabama being in the playoffs. That seems like the only guaranteed thing right. in college football. It's kind of – the thing that's always been so great – about college football to me is that while I am very much on the argument that these athletes should get paid in some way, they aren't getting paid right now. And they are literally just there playing their hearts out every single week, not, not playing for a contract, not playing for anything. They just want to go out there and get a team win and hopefully move on to the next level in the NFL. But that's what I love so much about college football is it's just more passion rather than playing for a multi-million dollar contract all right um that was some good sorry a little late there (laughs) all right so our our next segment uh one of my favorite is or favorites is the uh the wild card where um each host has a topic that they want to talk about with the others and we don't know ahead of time what that topic is so this will just be us reacting and giving you our our honest reactions to uh to what the other hosts have to say so pat why don't you begin with your first wild card all right i had a couple different topics i was going to talk about but i'm going to go with this one just because i thought it was just just ridiculous out of control but there's this show on CNBC, I think it's called The Secret Life of the Super Rich. And they basically just go through and they show just 
these lavish lifestyle these people live and things that they do. And this one episode had um, this this donut that is sold where is it in Miami, and it's called the Golden Cristal. I think it's Oob or Ube. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a donut that costs twelve hundred dollars. A donut. A donut. It is made with again oob or yube. It's a naturally purple sweet yam found in the Philippines, and both the dough and the icing have a generous dose of Cristal Champagne, which retails about two hundred dollars per bottle. The donuts are also airbrushed with a gleaming coat of twenty-four karat gold and topped off with meticulously placed gold leaf. That and it takes nearly two hours to make one donut. Is that not the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life? So I've been. There's all those uh, channels like there's Taste a, Made and Tasty and things like that. And for some reason, over the last few weeks, they've been focusing on gold. Um, I saw a pizza that they made that costs like two grand. It's got like truffles and gold shavings on it and shit like that. Why would you want to eat gold? I don't understand that. I don't understand Shit gold? Yeah. It's just like part of being rich. Everything has to be gold. I need to shit gold. Or I'm nothing. Like you have that much money that you have to spend 1200 bucks on a donut? That's literally just stupid money. You don't know what to do with it. So you go, I'm going to go get a dozen $1,200 donuts. Set myself back like $16,000. Cool, dude. Good for you, buddy. What are you making up for there? stupid got a little dick it's pathetic (laughs) all right um going on to my wild card topic uh i am gonna read a short paragraph and this was a post that a man uh down in south carolina wrote and he reached out to the internet for his justification on this quote our toilet broke so i was in the in shopping for new ones and the salesperson joked no doubt for the millionth time that I'll want one that automatically puts the seat down after I'm finished with it. I joked back and said if I didn't have a wife, I could save money and not buy one with a seat, and I'd never have to hear women complaining about putting it down again. To which he gave me a strange look and said, but what about when you need to poop? I naturally pointed out that I'm a guy and therefore don't put the seat down. I sit on the rim of the toilet bowl. Several embarrassing moments later, I realized that I've misunderstood my entire life and that guys do indeed use toilet seats. I left empty-handed and red-faced. So this is seemingly a middle-aged man with a wife, so you gotta figure that he's at least 35, if not older, for his entire life has been standing and squatting on the lid, or not even the lid, the rim of the toilet. Like, what an idiot! Oh, what a loser! What is going through this guy's head? Who <laughs> taught him? To I be was just gonna trained? say. So, does that mean his dad did the same thing <laughs> when he was younger, and his dad before him? Like his father taught him. Yeah. Okay, his so father before him. How many times did this kid fall in the toilet when he was I, body training? Him? I read this and. Didn't know if it was real, first of all. But then the more that I looked into it, this guy was actually reaching out for, like... Could you imagine having your life flipped upside down like that at that age? Like, that guy says that and he goes, wait, what? Oh, shit. (laughs) 
What? That's awesome. That guy Just... needs to write a book detailing his life as a wanna... youngster learning how to potty train up I wanna to know now and all the crazy things that's happened. Yeah, I want to know what else that guy's been doing wrong his entire right, life. Right, like, dude, they have can openers. Stop using your teeth, man. <laughs> like, they have a tool to fix that. Oh, my gosh. That's that's, that's pretty great. nuts. I actually really want to know more about that. So yeah. if, if we could do some kind of follow-up for the I'll next show or the show after him, yeah. that'd be great. Try and get him on the show. Yeah. We can interview him about pooping. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. I have a question for you gentlemen. Can you name me, and these are actors as characters, so when I ask you the question, it's as the actor, him or herself, not as the character. Can you name me five of the top 25 deadliest actors by on-screen kills? And we'll go American-born actors. Or I think American. Well, let's go American movies. American movies? Can you Arnold? name me just five? He's number one. Sly. He's number three. Uh, Jason Statham. Jason Statham is down the list. I say I want to say like ten ish. Oh, Jackie Chan. But Jackie Chan is not on the list. That Jet Lee. Jet Lee is on the list, but he is probably eight. Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude oh, Van Damme is not on the list. But again, the, well, I'm sorry. Oh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren is fourth on the list. So this is this is from like all of actors. So I'm just singling out American movies. So they're probably not on got the it, list because it, there's it. guys from other ones. Right. Um. So there's one that we're missing. Number two, we're missing. You. So so of the American, Arnold's one. Sylvester's two. Dolph Lundgren is three. Okay. Um. I give up. Ooh, yes. Chuck if, Norris isn't on there. If either is he? of you guess number five, I will be extremely impressed. Chuck Norris is not on the list. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer <laughs> is not on the list. Valiant guess, but I will tell you. Tom Cruise. Oh, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal is on the list, but he's lower. Tom um, to backtrack, the number five spot. You would put, I guess, in a Val Kilmer esque category. So it's like a Val Kilmer type actor. Not necessarily type actor, but a guy you wouldn't think would be on the list. Just murking bitches in movies, but you don't. Steve number Buscemi. four. Number Bruce four Willis? is Clint Eastwood. Oh. Bruce Willis is on the list, but farther down, and actually what behind about, um, Will Smith. John Wayne. John Wayne is. Not on the list. All right. All right I, I'm going to give it to you. Number five, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Who, who actually, names. Jet Li, Wesley Snipes, and Jason Satham all come after Nicolas Cage. But that's probably because wow. he went through a stretch where he was coming out with a movie like every month because he needed money. And I'm assuming that's he true. killed people in those movies. So I just thought this was a very interesting topic. To pay for it his is interesting. dinosaur bone collection. Yeah, what a weirdo that guy is. I like that. Yeah. Nice job, James. Well, thank you. Say my name, say my name. Todd Royal, Smoochie Wallace. Hi, my name is... Mars Jamar, Jamar and Lamar. Now, 
Say my name. Dinklage Morgoon. All right. So time for what is quickly becoming one of our favorite segments on here. Say my name. Based off the East-West Bowl, Keen Peel skit, we go through college football conferences and we find the most ridiculous names in those conferences. So this week, Andy had the Mountain West, Jimmy had the ACC, and I had the Powerhouse Sunbelt Conference. Boom. So Andy, why don't you get us started? All right. Um, so with the Mountain West Conference, I had a lot of Hawaiian names. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I bet. From guys from California and Hawaii. So I tried to not go all in on all the whole weird Hawaiian names. Um, all right. So starting off, got a wide receiver out of San Diego State. First name, Quest. Last name, Truxton. Quest, <laughs> Truxton. <laughs> wide receiver out of San Diego State. It's like a, it's like a truck driver action story. movie. <laughs> um, Quest, Truxton. Going on to my next, I actually have two brothers. Oh. Lineback both linebackers at San Diego State. We've got Ronley and Cedric. Laka Laka. Laka Laka. So that obviously fell under the Hawaiian names, but I thought that was a pretty The first awesome. names are pretty ridiculous too, though. Right, yeah. Okay. Um going on to my next We've got a DB at UNLV. His name is Ty Jason Robert. <laughs> T-Y, Ty Jason. T-Y apostrophe Jason Robert. DB. Sounds about right. And my last one, um, I have a defensive back at the University of Nevada, and it is Voshan Crumbie. <laughs> <laughs> Voshan. B-O- oh, Oshawa, man. Capital S-E-A-N, Crumbie. <laughs> All right. I, I, had, I had so That's much fun. That's a Crumbie last this. name. Pat, I'm so glad you gave me the, the ACC. So first, I have, let's see, one, I have six names. My first one um, is a wide receiver out of Miami. His name is Elias Lugo Fagundo. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Reminds me of Waldo Geraldo Faldo from the Family Members TV show back in the day. Oh, that's a good throwback right there. My second one, um, he's a wide receiver out of Miami. His name is Evidence Njoku. Is that uh, David Njoku's brother? I'm I'm assuming so. That would be really sad. Uh, hi, I'm David. This is my brother, Evidence. Evidence. <laughs> It's like, wow, what did you do to make your parents hate you? <laughs> Third one, still out of Miami, we have a, deven- a defensive back named Sheldrick Redwine. Uh, Redwine? <laughs> Sheldrick Redwine. Oh, uh, you can't make this up. Um, this, this defensive end out of NC State, his name is Contavious Street. Jesus Christ, that's a fucking awesome name. I want to <laughs> live on that street one day. No, this is has to be the best name you've ever heard. I'm not sure if this is a nickname or a real name, but defensive tackle out of NC State, Shug Frazier. Oh my god. S H U G, Shug Frazier. Shug. And which I'm sh- this guy, I'm sure will be named to our All-Star team running back out of Georgia Tech, Quade Weimerskirch. <laughs> 
What? Wade Weimerskirch. Is that, is that German? Yeah, right? I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. And that's, See, that's the my thing. List. Sometimes I don't know if I'm pronouncing him correctly either. Do you imagine All right, if we I've were got doing a, a segment and saw Haha Clinton Dix's name? Yeah, how right. normal it would look compared comparatively now? <laughs> like, oh, haha. All right, I've got a handful as well. The Sun Belt had some interesting names to say the least, so I'm going to jump right in. First player, safety out of University of Louisiana Monroe, Traquarius Wadley. <laughs> Right, T R E Q U E R R I O U S, Traquarius. Uh, second player, defensive back out of Appalachian State, Adarius Purifoy. A apostrophe Darius. Third player, running back from Arkansas State, Armand Weiwei. <laughs> W-E-H apostrophe W-E-H. Weiwei is his last last name. Yeah. So that guy must be Hawaiian or Polynesian or something. Okay. This name. Defensive back from Louisiana Lafayette. Sharon Archie. (laughs) S-C-H capital D-A-R-R-E-N. Sharon. Sharon Archie. All right. (laughs) Next one. Wide receiver from Troy, Kamarvin Pitts. <laughs> K-E apostrophe Marvin Pitts. <laughs> All right, this next one. This guy's probably, I don't know what this guy is, but his name is hilarious. O- offensive lineman from New Mexico State, Sage Doxtator. Doxtator. <laughs> and my last name, wide receiver from Coastal Carolina, Tequelli Holmes. Oh, good old Tequelli. T apostrophe Q E L E to Quelly Holmes, and that's what we got for say my name. Another another great addition, and uh, you know we'll keep them coming. We'll redo some conferences if we have to because these yeah, I'm sure we're missing names, and uh, it's it's just hilarious. And then we'll put together our all name team at the end of the season. Hey Fozzie, I want you to turn left if you come to a fork in the road. Yes, sir. Turn left at the fork in the road. <laughs> Bear left, right frog. Right. Oh, that beautiful. <laughs> Shit. Okay, so <laughs> that was well done. Um, this is a segment we haven't done in a few weeks, um, but this is called Fork in the Road. Uh, it's where the three of us ask a a question, more sort of a would you rather um, situation. The other two people have never heard the question before, so they are thinking of their answer right on the spot. So, Jimmy, start us off. Okay, gents. You get to interview one of these two people, and you hear the absolute truth unequivocally. So, are you interviewing Suge Knight about Tupac's death or Diddy about Biggie's death? I'm gonna go with Suge Knight. Yeah, I I think Suge as well, only because I was a, more of a Tupac fan than I was a Biggie fan, um, and that one is seemingly more of a mystery than Biggie's was. I know both are kind of shrouded, but I plus I think Tupac's still alive in Cuba. <laughs> that's right. He's there. He's there. Suge is a very very interesting individual. Agreed. Uh, Now that you mention it, though, I feel like I would feel a lot more comfortable interviewing P. Diddy. I feel like Suge Knight would just want to, like, 
kill you. Crush my head or something the whole time. What'd you say? And then just smash your face in. Yeah. All right. Good question. My question. That was a good one. My question for this week is, would you rather smell like poop and not know it or constantly smell poop and no one else can smell it? Oh, I'd rather smell like poop. Fuck everyone else. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, See, but then everyone thinks that you're the smelly knowing? guy. Like, no See, way. That like drive me nuts. You wouldn't have a lot of friends if you yeah, smelled like you, poop and didn't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way and say constantly smell shit, and nobody else can because, like you said, Pat, if you smell like shit and you have no idea, there's no way that you have. Any friends, any, I can't imagine you'd have a significant other, and you'd have to, like, just be a hermit. Like, there's no way you could get a job or any, I don't think. Yeah, but imagine every time you go to eat a steak, it smells like shit. Imagine every time, going to a every restaurant t- won't and taste being like thrown shit, though. out so you can't even eat your steak. Every time you're trying to please your significant other, it smells like shit. You're not going to have a significant other there either. Think about that. Everything's going to smell like shit. See, but you're, you'll never have a significant other if you smell like shit. Well, I mean, right. yeah, that's true, but I I, just, I I couldn't imagine sitting down and eating steak. I mean, it would suck for like sure, shit. but you'd be able to adjust and make a good life. If you smelled like shit and didn't know it, then it's just like you're just the smelly guy that everyone tries to avoid because but then I win so many lawsuits because I stink and they fired me unjustly. Now I'm a millionaire and I'm paying. See, but that's the thing. You don't, you don't know that you smell like shit. So they're just not giving you the job. But the reason is because you smell like shit and you don't know it. But my lawyer will tell me I smell like shit. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. You're fired. So I guess I won't get the money. You're right. See, so lose, lose, lose. That was a good, that that was a really (laughs) shitty question, Pat. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Um, for all of these, I think I've kind of tried to stay s- somewhat sports related uh, with these questions. So I'm going to continue that trend. Jimmy, I know you're not a huge golf guy, but um, I'm sure you can at least speak to this. So would you rather play golf with your significant other and have her completely kick your ass or have her absolutely suck at playing golf? This is my nightmare. It's <laughs> a great clip for that. Um, odds are she would probably kick my ass now. So at least I could drive the golf cart and drink. So I'll go with her completely kick my ass to get the game moving. Because if we both suck, it would take forever. And I hate being on the course the way it is. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would definitely rather her suck because that would do a lot more for my psyche as a golfer than if she was better than me, and I'd probably just never play again after that. So, from that aspect, Pat, I I lean on the side that I'd rather ever kick my ass. Um, if you if you've ever played with somebody that is just hacking up a golf course, like not even to the fact like that, me, like, hey, I played with Jimmy before, so. Like it is, it's slow. You're getting yelled at by the people behind you. Like yeah, it yeah. Takes like five or six hours when it should take like four. I sounds like I, a typical Sunday morning for me. 
I think I'd rather lean on the side that just have her kick your ass in golf. But again. See, because here's the thing, though. If if she kicks her ass and she's good, she's going to want to play golf all the time. And then she'll constantly kick good your point. ass. If she sucks, you go one. She won't ever want to go again. You'll have Ooh, that's, a, that's a fi- good dynamic. I've never five to six that. hours of, of, of torture. And then you're free again to get back out on the course with your bros, chug some beers, and not worry about sucking because you're not getting beat by your significant other. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Very good point. Mock! Yeah! The pick is in. Shakira Kwan, TGIF, Carter. All right. We have another mock draft upon us. One of our favorite, if not our favorite segment collectively. I think we can all agree on that. Yep. And in the spirit of NBA basketball coming back, we decided to do a mock draft of 90s basketball players because there was a lot of good ones, and those were the golden years we grew up watching. So Jimmy gets the luxury of having the first pick, which is already known. We might not even have him say it, but it goes Jimmy, Andy, me. So snake draft, three picks per round, five rounds, 15 players total. Go ahead, Jim. You're on the clock. Hold on. Just to preface this. I I picked my guys in the idea that if they played at any point in the 90s, they were fair game. Yeah, I think that's okay. fair. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's fine. I I have more guys that did the bulk of their playing in the 90s, but I get what you're saying. Okay. And are you guys just – I could go either way. It doesn't matter. Are you guys – Constructing like a starting yeah, five. Yeah, I'm doing a just, I'm doing a lineup. Uh, that's why oh, yeah. I thought it was me a good too. one because there's five slots. Yep. So yeah, me too. Okay, um, I'm going with the goat. Who's ever next? Go ahead. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Michael Jordan, actually, number one pick. Actually, surprise, surprise. We flirted with the idea of not even including. Hey, but we are not we are not '90s video games companies. All right, we include Michael Jordan yeah. in our stuff. He's a person too. <laughs> He's right. too good for video games. So the reason that I brought up my little disclaimer is pretty much for only one pick. Um, and I am drafting with my first pick, Mr. Larry Bird. Um, yeah. Who played Definitely into, had him on mine. into the early 90s, but most of his career was in the 80s. Um, so I'm drafting Larry Bird. Averaged almost 25 points per game in his career, 10 rebounds, and 6.3 assists. Won a boatload of championships. So I thought that was kind of... A no-brainer. Agreed. Good pick. All right. I'm going to go with, for my first pick, if not for MJ, this guy could probably have have been a lot more accomplished as an NBA player, but I'm going with Hakeem Olajuwon. Good pick. Yeah. That, that was another big one for me. And then on the way back, in the spirit of trying to defend against Jimmy's team with the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. I'm going with Scottie Pippen, number Have two. To. Have to. Good call. Fantastic pick. All right. Um, to fill out my point guard spot, uh, I am going to go with Mr. John Stockton. Two-time All-Star, nice. two-time All-NBA, okay. all-time leader in assists and steals. So I thought he was the best point guard in the 90s, so I'm going to go with John Stockton. Nicely done. He was my number one as well. Uh, for my for my point guards, I should say. Okay, so 
to combat against Hakeem Olajuwon, I am going to go with Shaq. Nice. Yeah, as my center. And what year was he my... drafted? 97? No, he was drafted in the 80s, I think. Or, or 90, 91 maybe. Shaq? He, yeah, he's he, been in the um, league. Because he was on the Lakers I in like 96. say 94? Nine... Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Because right, he was definitely in the league. They, they beat the Bulls. They beat the Bulls when Jordan came back from retirement. And he was already on the... Um, magic at that point. So, Andy, I'll have MJ Garden Larry, and I'm going to go with the glove to guard John Stockton. Damn, nice pitch. He was drafted in 1992. Wow. Check? Is, yeah. yeah. That is very shocking to me. I didn't think it was that early. Um, okay, so I have I have Larry, Larry Bird as my four, and now Stockton as my one. Uh, I'm going to come back with kind of an underrated guy, but he was a member of the Dream Team, four-time All-Star, got voted into the Hall of Fame in 2011, first uh, one-time All-NBA player, that's small forward Chris Mullen. Oh, great pick. I love yeah. that pick. I had him on my list for sure. Yeah, big fan of Chris Mullen. He was kind of a scrappy, but he <laughs> they kind of always equated to him growing up in Brooklyn. He was kind of... He had that ridiculous accent. Yeah. Love it. Ridiculous day, accent. I love it. But he had, like, as a as a white guy, he kind of had the tenacity of all the African-American players did in the 90s. He could get to the hoop. He could shoot. So Chris Mullen is going to be my three. Okay. All right. Nice pick. <clears throat> um, with my third pick, I'm actually kind of surprised he's still out there. But I'm going to go with Carl Malone. Yeah, Ooh, great pick. Mailman. He's, he's, he's got to be everyone's number one power, or at least top two power forwards, correct? I would agree with that. I think he was awesome. So, yeah. And then Good coming back, the coming back, I'm gonna go with Clyde Drexler. Damn you! Good pick. Yeah, he was on my list for sure. He nice played most of his career in Portland, right? And Houston. yeah, and then he was Portland at Houston, Houston for the year that they, the right. two years they won when the Bulls were out. Okay, coming back, um, I need a shooting guard, so I'm going to go the Bulls route and arguably one of the best three-point shooters of all time, uh, Mr. Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Interesting pick, Anderson. Yeah, I had to go somebody on the Bulls. Team Huevos, huh? Yeah. All right. Okay, I like that. All right, um, what do I have? Let's see, I have my one and two, I have my five. I still need a small forward and a power forward. So for my small forward, I think I'm going to go that because there's arguably I'd say the, the, the 90s, the late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s produced the best power forwards the NBA has ever seen. So I think, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but they're, they're, there's some good choices there. So I'm going to go with pre-injury Grant Hill. Ooh, that's a good pick. Goggles. Then, coming back. Oh, oh man, great. So I was thinking of Horace Grant. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. My bad. <laughs> when, um, let's see. So coming back. Sweet Pistons oh, uniforms this back is, then, too. This is tough. I am going to go with a power forward, and that power forward is going to be KG. 
That's solid. What was he, 98? 99? I Maybe believe. I thought it was. Uh, let me check. Hold on. I don't Either know. Either way. But you guys, you guys curious. go ahead and I'll, I'll get back to you. All right. To round out my team, I need a five. Um, I thought five was kind of the hardest. Um, I feel like I know where you're going with this, but we'll see. Um, I didn't really. It was there's difficult. two. There's two good players left. I'm thinking of. For fives for, only. For fives, I mean, there's two good, two obvious ones. I think we'll see. Okay. The suspense is killing me. Um, I'm gonna go with another member of the dream team, while not a huge member of the dream team, and arguably had was more known for his college career than his pro career, but he still turned out to be a solid five in the '90s, Mr. Christian Leitner. Wow. Definitely not what I was thinking. Really? Christian Leitner. Andy, you have too many white guys. You're all white guys. Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> Garnett was drafted in 95. Wow. I'm way off. With I, I, see what you, I see what you did there, Andy. The all white team. Well, we, know who, we know whose team's losing this draft for sure. Kevin Quinn would be a big fan of your team. <laughs> that is debatable. <laughs> uh, it's debatable that you would pick Christian Leitner over David Robinson or Patrick Ewing. But yeah, I mean, I guess. Or even Vladivac or Arvidas Sabonis. Come on, bro. All right, so with own. the final pick in the draft then, Mr. Irrelevant, I need a point guard. You guys took my first two point guards. So I'm going to go with Tim Hardaway. Ah, good choice. Andy, you know what? I respect you for going all white. I love that it's Especially, until the fifth round. For yeah, I know, right? I'm just like, out. I'm looking at all these guys. I'm like... Because Kristen Leitner was kind of out there. So I was like, all right, that's a little bit of a stretch, I guess. All right, well, that was a good one, though. I think that uh, some, some some decently constructed teams, some some questionable Pat, picks, maybe. It's you in the, in the championship <laughs> for sure in this yeah, round round. My team's going to take you to seven. They may not win the series, but they're definitely going to take you to seven. They're going to play smart basketball. They're going to they're gonna give so, it all they've got. So bunch quick, of rebounds. Quick question. Just, just. Oh, okay. So you're gonna get a bunch of rebounds from Christian Leitner over Shaq and Hakeem. I'm, I'm just, just curious here, just trying to figure out <laughs> uh, yeah, how you're even gonna score gonna a, a basket. It's gonna agitate it. Right. I was, I was also surprised to, Shaq, to see. And then Shaq's going to break him. I was also and surprised to see Christian that um, Charles Barkley went undrafted. Yeah, I, um, it was, for me, it was between KG and Barkley. Um, I think Shaq and KG next to each other. I mean, enough said. So, Andy, good, you know, I don't, I don't know what the hell you were thinking. Better luck next time, buddy. Yeah, that was. But another was successful try. mock draft. Yeah, is you know, it's all you can do, really. I don't have my entire list of players. If you guys want my honorable mentions, um, Scott Skiles, Brent Barry, Mark Price. <laughs> Dan Just wrote down all white. <laughs> all right, respect. Wait, I you can't, Dan can't hate the hustle there. Huh? Isn't it Dan Marley? Oh, the, the guy, guy from the, the Suns? Sun? Yeah, Dan Marley. Is uh, it? Yeah. I just wrote I it thought down it was Marley. Yeah, it could be. R- three, rough day for Andy. Three-time All-Star, two-time three-point champion. Ooh. Oh. All right, um, so that... That wraps up our mock draft and this episode of Bros Let's Talk. 
Thanks everyone for tuning in. Help us out. Follow us on Twitter at Bros Let's Talk. Search and like our page on Facebook. You can follow us individually. I'm at RiledUp17. Jimmy is at Jimmy Riley underscore and Andy is at AndyBob17. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play Podcasts. And if you do, do us a favor and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that, guys. And if you want to visit our podcast page directly, it's at brosletstalk.podbean.com. For Jimmy and Andy, this is Pat. Later, dudes. See y'all. could have we're the three best friends that anyone could have we're the three best friends that anyone can have and we'll never ever 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 leave each other i just like the same thing